Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to everyone listening tonight. You are tuned in to the Psychic Inside Show. My name is Joelle, and I am your host this evening. I'm known as the Vibrarian. I am here to try to elevate you with empowering information, positive experiences, and amazing and amazing information and people, guests who I have on the show from week to week. The focus of the Psychic Inside Show is to share in the lives and journeys of people who have dug into uncovering what their psychic gifts and abilities are. Now, we all are psychic to varying degrees. And so a lot of it is that we have not understood fully what we're experiencing. So the purpose of this show is to show lives of people who have very unique experiences that led them to their discoveries and to hopefully shed a little light on what is becoming much more commonplace in today's age. We are on Facebook if you would like to join our community known as the Good Vibe Tribe. And you can find us at The Vibrarian, and that is V-I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N. Our community is on Facebook, also Twitter and Instagram. You can find us with the same at symbol. And I'm on every Tuesday night on Blog Talk Radio, on the Vibrary Radio Network from 9 to 11, and then also on Thursday evenings with our Topical Talk Show, where we cover everything from chakras, moon phases, astrology, past life regressions, anything that you want to talk about. But our Tuesday show, as I said before, the Psychic Inside, we are going to hear from people about their lives and their stories. We also have a chat room that is accessible during the show if you are on the Blog Talk Radio page. And we will take any questions that you put on that you would like to ask our guests during the show. And you can also call in. 646-668-8988 to listen to the show. And I do see we have some callers tuning in and listening this evening, so thank you very much. If you have a question for our guests, please press 1 during your show, and we'll be sure to bridge you onto the line to ask the question. So tonight's special guest, his name is Bo. Bo Lawson is here with us this evening, and I have to say, there are a lot of clever little phrases that are used to describe Bo. I've heard Bo knows. I've heard Bo Stradamus, <laughs> mostly because he is, like, frequently <laughs> accurate with his reading. So I first met Bo a couple years ago at an event that is held regularly here in Atlanta up at the Big Blue Barn. It's a big psychic fair, which happens the first of every month. And it's been hosted by Gloria Parker for, I know, over a decade. So I have been going up there to have various readings and meet the community, the conscious community, from month to month over many, many years. And a couple years ago, I noticed there was a new guy there. Now, what caught my attention is because, A, it was a man. And I have to say that the predominant number of the readers that I've seen at, at that event it's been something like 75-25 with uh, a smaller number of men present from week to week. So that caught my eye on the one hand. And the other thing that caught my eye was that this guy had these amazingly 
piercing eyes that were just so clear. I mean, if you've seen Bo before, then you'll know what I'm talking about, but they were just so clear, and I seemed to see, like, his genuine niceness just kind of oozed from his, his face. So I said, you know what, I need to sit down with him and see what he has to say. And never, needless to say, after my reading, I walked away and I have been just a fan of Bo ever since because he really provided some very direct guidance from aspects of my spirit guide team that I had never received before. And so it really opened up a kind of work for me in terms of my spiritual development because of the messages that he shared with me. But enough about my experience. I want to introduce you to Bo, and I hope that you will have an opportunity to see him, or if you've already met him, I'm sure that you have a similar feeling about him as I do. So, Bo, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Psychic Inside Show tonight. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Joelle. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you on the show. As you know, um, I've been speaking to you actually through my guidance sessions with you about this radio show and about several of the things that I'm undertaking with my mission and my my light work. So you kind of knew about a lot of this before it ever even started from the ground. So it's really exciting for me to have you here on the manifestation side of something that you have been so integral to me in developing. So, I mean, for people who are not into or have not had a lot of experience with psychic readings, you know, this is an opportunity for you to sit down with someone who is going to have a perspective that you don't normally find when you're sitting down asking for advice from a friend or a colleague or a person in your life normally. This is going to be a conversation that is filled with things that are going to challenge you that are going to be revealing to you because you're talking from a, a perspective that we consider to be beyond the 3D, I guess would be an accurate description to to use for it. So how does, I mean, you're a young gentleman. I believe that you're probably under 40, if I would suspect correctly. And you are, from what I saw, a rarity or um, in the minority in terms of males in the psychic field that I've seen in Atlanta. So how does Bo come to know that he is a psychic? And what does being a psychic or what terms do you like to use to describe yourself and your gifts and abilities? Well, um, I guess I would start with, you know, what, what are some of my abilities um, I am a psychic medium, so I can see – I'm very clairvoyant. That is one of my biggest things. I can see pretty much whatever I need to see. And so, But I'm also a medium, so I'm not just a psychic. I can talk to people who've passed. And I've worked pretty hard the last couple of years developing the mediumship to the point of I feel like I can speak to them like me and you are talking right now. So it feels to me okay. like it's very personal communication. It's very upfront, and I just usually I just pass their stuff on. Um, I also do some past life regression work for healing, where I can put a, a patient into a past life regression, and they can actually see some of their past lives and clear them. 
for healing. And I also do energy work where the basics are based in pranic healing um, as well. So I can clear energy and clean people's energies up as well. But I started off as a young kid liking psychic stuff at about the age of 12, but I was a little scared, to be honest. I had I had the fear, fear of ghosts, to be honest, like at a young age. So it wasn't until my 20s that I really realized that I had some abilities when I got my first psychic reading when I was, I believe I was 24, and I realized and so that I could actually do that. So you had a reading from another reader who to kind of clue you into this part of you that you had not previously activated? Yes. I had a reading from a woman who is now passed to the other side, but her name was Elizabeth Barron, and I am from Charleston, South Carolina, and that was where she was located. She gave me a full one-hour reading over the phone, and it blew my mind. So how accurate mm-hmm. she was was unbelievable to me, but she told me at that time that, you know, and that she told me, you know, you have psychic ability. You could be a psychic. Well, nobody ever thinks they're going to be a psychic until they actually start doing it. So it took a few months before I decided to really to really start developing things. And and a couple of things so, that took my that really brought me into this is past lives. I um, before I was doing psychic work, um, I got a past life regression and I recorded it. And I started looking at my own past lives on my own, and that was where I really realized that I have a lot of ability when it comes to stuff like that. When I can paint a picture, I can see a lot. So I knew that I had the clairvoyance. But uh, if you asked me if I was going to be doing this, what I'm doing right now, I would have told you no back when I was 24 or 25. I would have never thought it would have, it would have come to all of this. But I'm very happy to do this work. So... You're 24 years old, and you this woman just kind of blows your mind. It's all, I tell people all the time that until you had your first experience, it's really challenging to explain the knowing that happens on the inside of you that acknowledges the truth of your experience. Um, that's the best way that I can – I don't call it a belief – because I believe belief systems can be changed and should be flexible, but there is a knowing. And so, like, I know when I have experienced uh, readings when the information has been from my loved one, and there's not really anything that can be said that would change my mind about it, you know. So it's like a flip. A switch gets flipped at some point, and you realize, wow, I have now seen this whole extra dimension, and I, I'm 24, and this lady just read my life and blew me away. Now do I go back to partying with my friends on the weekend? Do I? Do you start to hear voices? Do you start to get dreams or images? How did your, how did your gifts then start to manifest after that point when your awareness was shifted? Well, what really got me the most from that first reading was I was going through a difficult time with uh, with a female in my life, and I just couldn't get past her. I couldn't get around her. I couldn't get past her. And as soon as I heard, she she told me, you have no future with this female, and that your spirit, your soul is telling you it's, you have to move on, that there's nothing there. And it literally, from that point on, I moved forward immediately. It was like exactly what I needed to hear. 
from exactly who I needed to hear it from. And it was she was reading straight from my solar plex, which I really blew my mind. So it helped me move forward in a very difficult time. And, and did, you have point, even knowledge, did you have knowledge yeah. of what your solar plexus was at the time? Did you, did you have I a mean, background in that terminology? No, 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 no. But I started looking it up immediately and started researching because those were exactly the words that I needed to hear. It was like mm-hmm. she read through my soul. She did not. She wasn't necessarily being a medium. She was just reading through my energy through the phone and straight through my solar plex. Which it's what's one great thing about this psychic medium stuff is that everybody has their own way of doing things. You know, everybody has their own style and their own way of bringing things about. But once I got that reading right there, I was mind boggled. And then that next year, I took a trip to a place down to Florida called Casadega. It's about 30 minutes outside of Daytona. And I got my first in-person review. And from that point on, I was, I was hooked. I mean, I was, like, all I, all I wanted to be was a psychic from that point on. I mean, it was just a, I, I just wanted to talk to my guides, and I wanted to talk to family members. And I was just, you know, just blown away. I wasn't quite ready to develop these abilities, but I just knew I had them. And from then on, I had a reading every year, once a year for the rest of my 20s. So it was a it was a profound for me. It was very much a a changing moment because I guess you kind of find what you're supposed to do, and you no longer feel like you're just surviving. You start feeling like you're do you're going to start moving toward what you were here to do. You kind of find your purpose at sometimes through readings. So you just started soaking up everything you could about anything that came across your awareness, and you just started then dialoguing with your guys, or did you? Journal or didn't I didn't journal? Um, what I did was I started reading up on Edgar Casey, and uh, if, okay. if you don't know about Edgar Casey, I'm sure you do, you know about him. But if anyone out there doesn't know much about him, he's a sleeping prophet, and he deals a lot with healing. He was a psychic medium who did a lot of past life progression type work, and that's who I started soaking up knowledge, and that's who I really wanted to be. And from that point on, I just started looking up as much as I could. And also, you know, I would get my readings, and they would always be on point. Like I never had – I didn't have a bad reading for for years. It was always the same people, the same relatives come through, and the same guides came through. And I wasn't able to quite meet them on my own, but I was able to, to get very good information. Like I, everything they told me would happen within the next year, and then I'd come get another reading, and then it happened again in the next year. So it wasn't until I moved to Atlanta, until I got into my late 20s, that I really figured out uh, the reason I went to Atlanta was to develop my psychic ability. I thought I was moving here for a job, and little did I know, I was moving here for some spiritual spiritual uh, knowledge. Isn't that how it always works? <laughs> you take one step down a path, and then something you weren't even seeing opens up for you. That's beautiful. How long? How long have you been in Atlanta? Uh, I've been in Atlanta for close to four years now. I have, so I'm 32 right now, and I got here when I was 28. So, well, okay. almost 20. So, yeah, so it's it's about three and a half years. I knew you were under um, 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a baby face, so it makes you look a little younger, too. So, but I'm 32, so... <laughs> 
Well, speaking of babyface, you also have a brother who is psychic, and your mother, I believe, uh, does astrology and has some degree of gifts. So it seems like it's a family affair. Were you the first person in your family to kind of come to awareness, or is this a legacy that just wasn't talked about? No, I'm the first one that I know of that actually used the gift in a like in a professional manner. Um, I'm the kind of the catalyst between me, my mom, and my brother. We're like a three-piece triangle, and I'm usually the one leading the way. Like I kind of pushed them into going to Casadega, Florida, for that first trip, and I was the first one to start taking psychic development classes. But I have a very talented family. My brother is one of the best mediums I know. And so is my mom. And I have some. I have three older sisters that all have abilities as well, but they just don't quite use them. Use them quite the way we do in our work. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you know you read about. I know when I was a teenager or a child, and I would read books about astral projection and ESP, and they would talk about babies being born with the call over their face that would be an indicator that they had the special spike and that it was often amongst the women of the family that it was just kind of quietly done. Like, oh, that was Aunt so-and-so. She used to do see people in her parlor. But it was very hush-hushed until you actually are in it. Then they say, oh, by the way, guess what? You're taking after your uncle so-and-so who was able to, you know, fix his farm because he had the help of the ancestors and used to communicate with them. So I think that we're in a space and time now where all of that is coming forward. You know, you and your your brother and your mom, you go to classes together, you encourage each other, and it's kind of from what I've, I've met, your mother and your brother, and it seems like it makes for an interesting Thanksgiving discussion <laughs> around the table <laughs> When the three of you get together. After the Thanksgiving meal that is interesting, when we all three sit down and channel together, we get we bring through so many relatives and it's so much fun. I mean it's so much fun to channel. Uh because you get to talk to relatives that you don't necessarily uh get to talk to every day. You know, each one of us have different guides. You know, some of our guides are the same, but my brother, uh most of his guides take out with my father's side of the family. And most of my guys take after my mom's side of the family, so it's kind of like we get to talk to both sides of the family. And we've traced um, our heritage back pretty far, too. We've spoken to our great-grandparents, um, also some of our great-uncles and people who who passed away a long time ago. So it's really it's really neat, um, especially really neat, me and my brother, being able to sit down and channel together because there's a lot of techniques and a lot of stuff we do that we figured out by just sitting down channeling together and working on each other. Like it's a lot of, it's, it's, it's really interesting. We can, we can sort of get whatever kind of answers we need by sitting down and channeling together. Well, you said quite a few things that I have questions about. Um, this is the Psychic Inside show and you're on with the Vibrarian. And tonight our special guest is Bo Lawson who is a psychic here in the Atlanta metro area. And we're just getting into the story of his psychic journey and coming to his gifts and abilities. So 
I have a couple questions, Bo. You speak about the word channeling. So for our audience that is not familiar with the terminology of mediumship and clairvoyance, how would you describe channeling as a definition, and then what is it like for you to actually have it happen? Okay. Well, your channel will be made up of your top three chakras. You would need your throat chakra, your third eye, and your crown, all three working and cleared for you to channel. Now, your channel is going to be above your head, and it is basically the tunnel at which you get your information through. Now, if you're a healer, your healing ability is going to be sent down through your crown and out through your hands. And if you're going up to get information, basically what I do is I take a deep breath, I ground myself, and I kind of go up my channel. Now, I don't necessarily feel myself going up. Just when I close my eyes and I open them, I see my guides. So that's how I know I'm channeling. Like I can feel a swirling, almost like a tornado above my head. And that's how I know that I'm ready to channel. I know I've got everything working. All my knobs and all my buttons are turned on and I'm ready. So to channel would be just to close your eyes, take a deep breath, you ground yourself and you shoot straight up with your consciousness, and you go to your workspace. And it's basically the midway point between you and your guides where they meet you, and it's where I speak with them. So for me, I can be channeling without my eyes closed, but I love to go up because I always want to make sure that I'm getting the information I get them is coming from your guides or coming from someone above me. I don't ever want to feel like I'm just rambling on and I don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like I kind of always check and make sure. But to channel, for me, it feels so natural to do now. But many folks do it during the day. They just don't realize it. You get those ideas that come out of nowhere where you you get a great idea that you have no idea where it comes from, and you're like, oh, I'm full of great ideas. Well, you are, but your guides are the ones putting it in your channel. So everybody has a oh. channel, and everybody can channel. It's just – the difference is I know, I'm knowingly doing it is what I feel like. I feel like I know when I'm doing it and when I'm not doing it, and I think that is one of the biggest things. That and some people are, have done a lot of psychic work in past lives. Um, I know I have, and they're a little bit more led to do psychic work in this life. But channeling, channeling anybody can do channeling. So if it's, I know a lot of people, and there is a lot of fear and misinformation around the whole topic of psychic mediumship and channeling. So you said you want to make sure that you're going up and accessing your guides. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I definitely don't want people to be fearful about practicing on their own to tap into that channel. Well, you you shouldn't be scared because everybody in this life was born with a protector guide. You you have a guide and you have a whole team of guides on the other side and they're they're there to help. So so going up and it what it is is so many people are scared of what they don't know about. If you knew more about channeling and you and you researched it more, you'd realize there's nothing negative about it. You're you're not going to encounter negative stuff while you're speaking with your guides. Not usually, especially not when you first start. You know, if you ever encounter anything negative, that's your guides trying to teach you how to protect yourself. So there shouldn't be any worry of anything negative. 
And there's nothing wrong with channeling. I mean, if you think about it, the Bible was written by psychics who were channeling scripture from other beings on the other side. So when it comes to religion, that your basis for most of your religions come from people who were channeling. So it's it's right. very natural to and I feel like I feel like most people do it during the day, they just don't realize it. You know, so it's it's very natural and there's nothing you should be scared about. It's it's what you should be you know, not everyone should channel because some people are not drawn to channel. But I don't think anyone should ever be scared about it or weirded out about it because to me it's it's natural. We wouldn't have these three chakras and we wouldn't have this ability if it wasn't natural. So some people I from what I understand, they receive information to write like it works for them when they're journaling and they kind of go into a zone where the words just kind of flow down through and into their arm. And it's really when the channeling energy is completed that they're able to go back and read what they received and then receive the message and the guidance. Um, I don't know Absolutely. if it's automatic writing or, or what that. Um, I like to call it intuitive writing. And okay. it's what most people do when they journal. Like they journal to get their thoughts in and my guides have been on me quite a bit about journaling. So I do it from time to time, but I don't do it a lot. So they kind of, they've been staying on me. But you will start with, say, a question. Say you have a question you can't get past. You're looking for this answer to this question. And if you just start writing, your guides will push those answers through your hand, through the energy that you're using to write. And then you'll be able to go back and pick out the answers to you know, to your question. You can go back through and read, and it's almost like a code. You can go back through and you'll see the answers that you need. A lot of people do it through the writing. That's probably the most common. I know um, channeling is one of those interesting things because I've done a psychic development class, a very basic one, and for me a lot of it was becoming comfortable with the fact that the dialogue that had been happening for me in my inner ear was not just me having a conversation with myself. Once I (laughs) finally realized I was not crazy, you know, because you start to feel a little weird when this voice pops in and tells you something funny and you start laughing. It could be a kind of surreal experience. So when when you first got a message from, like, through the mediumship, not even from your guides, and you realized you were getting a um, message from a relative. How did that happen? Well, I was I had just started my psychic development classes with um, Carl Woodall. That is the man who taught me how to channel, and he was going through, you know, how to do everything. So I went home and I practiced, and I would go up and I would see my guides, and I couldn't quite understand what they were saying. And I got to the point where I finally I could I could get to where I wondered what they're saying. And then I got my communication with them down. And I caught myself one day driving to work because every time I speak with my guides, I hear them in my voice. So, so it's it's not always it wasn't always the easiest thing to tell when it was my guides. So I'm driving to work and I had just gotten into a fender bender like a week before. And I'm driving and I'm in my car. And I hear this words 
in my head, and it's in my voice. It goes, Bo, we have to be smooth today. And I think, oh, that sounds right. You know, I must, I must be right on that one. <laughs> I slow down, and I, you know, I take my time getting to work. I get to work on time, and I'm very cautious, you know. So that night I get home, and I go up and I channel. And I, because I was doing it every night, because the energy is higher at night. So sometimes it's easier to channel at night. And my grandfather comes through, who's one of my main guides, and he goes, we have to be smooth, right? And I just looked at him, and I was like, that was you. So it was like I started to realize many of these things that are going on in my head are not me. And if you're ever speaking to yourself in third person, if you're ever going, well, Joel, we need to do this, that is right. It is always your guy that helping you that way. So most people don't realize, but you don't think yourself in third person. I mean, you would say, I need to do this. You know, so if it's a good, a good way to, to realize it. And lots of people that I read don't realize that their guides are talking to them until I start telling them what, they, what their guides are saying. And they go, that's what's been on my mind for the last week. And I'm like, well, that's what they've been trying to, to work on with you. You know, like it's like, oh, that's what's been going on. Well, they're not just validating that they understand. They're telling you that I'm the one putting the thought in your head. Like a note. Right. <laughs> always a realization with people when I when I do a reading or use that it's not just you. You're being led by some really talented individuals on the other side who can see everything that's going on. So. You're never alone. So it's like awareness. Oh, it's the awareness. It's becoming awareness of what's happening. Most people discount, or my disbelieving eyes, my lying eyes, people say, that most people discount because it's easy to do. Most of us are, A, living lives full of distraction with errands and places to be and places to go to and a, a list of things. 20 things long that we have to get done in our life schedule. So a lot of us are hearing our guides tell us those little things, but we're pushing them to the back. Like that nudge that says, why don't we go this way for work today? And instead of listening to it, we just get in our zone and do it. And if we would have listened, we would have avoided a two-hour traffic backup. So building space building space for the awareness, first of all, to happen so that you can hear your inner dialogue happening and then just paying attention. A lot of it has to do with um, trust, too. Um, you got to trust your instincts. And when you start trusting your instincts, you'll start realizing that you're actually trusting your guides. You're not just trusting your instinct. You're trusting the first thing that they tell you that you should do. You know, and it's it's a lot of that people don't realize. They say, well, I just trust my gut feeling. Well, your gut feeling is your solar flex. So if you make a bad decision, your stomach's going to hurt. You know, like you're going to feel it in your solar flex. But that's the way your guides, you know. So it's people don't realize it, but most people follow their guides to a T. And they actually listen and do, you know, what they should do. Some of them, you know, don't. But for the majority of people, I feel like even that are not psychic, I feel like they really do listen and follow with their guides. And your guides are very familiar with you. This is not like you chose them randomly out of a lottery. Your guides are spirits that have worked with you before. 
most of them have had past lives with you and have chose to come back and to help you. Or they could be relatives who passed away that have a very strong affinity for you or they were really close with you. So it's not like you're, you got a random team up there. You got people who know you in and out. And like, I feel like most people do trust their guides and trust their gut feeling and they go with their gut feeling. So, we are on the Psychic Inside show tonight having a conversation with Bo Lawton, who is unpacking a lot of very fascinating aspects uh, this evening. Um, you can call in at 646-668-8988. We do have a full phone bank full of people listening in this evening. Thank you. And if you do have a question for Bo about his journey, feel free to press the one button on your phone and we'll get you on. If you're calling to have a one-question mini-reading, we will be doing that later on the last portion of the show. So, Bo, thank you. You mentioned uh, psychic development school, and that is a common thing. Now I'm seeing more and more ads in my Facebook and YouTube for psychic development classes, books, webinars, and things like that. What made you decide to go to one? And where did you go? And what was it like to go to, to psychic school? Well, um, I've always been interested in, in psychic development. So I was when I first got to Atlanta, I wanted to start almost immediately. And, you know, I got a reading from a psychic at the inner space, and she goes, you made the right move. She goes, you're here for psychic development. And I, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, wow, I thought I was here for insurance suggesting, you know, some jo- another job. And for me, I, I ended up getting um, a bartending and serving job, and it kind of I kind of got pulled away from it for about a year, and then it just you just have this calling that just keeps coming back, and it's your guides, and they're just telling you you just it's on your mind constantly. And the first person that I looked up and found was Carl Woodall, and I you know like for me it, it tends to happen like that where and for a lot of folks. When you're looking for something, say when I'm looking for the like a place to live, the first place I find is usually the place I'm going to live. You know, like it's usually the place I wrote down is like the phone number. It's that's it. So I found him and I started taking his classes a week later, almost immediately. And oh, wow. when I got into class, I realized that this is right where I'm supposed to be. Like I clicked with him immediately, and. Mm-hmm. Form the psychic development. I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves and they want to be great, but it's a development. It takes time. And with his classes, it took five months. But for me, I was ready. And I knew I was ready because after the first weekend, I went to my workspace and I met all of my guides. And I don't hmm. think that is very common. But for me, I've always been very clairvoyant. I've always been able to see things in my head. You know, I've always, I, I was talking to people who passed away in dreams before I took psychic development. So I knew that I was ready, like definitely ready. And it was a lot of fun. You do a lot of different stuff. Um, you do stuff where they take a picture and they – Huh? Do you go to a classroom or is it virtual with Carl Woodall? Do you, you know, I went to the classroom. It, it was a one weekend out of the month for five months. And that one weekend from 10 to 5, you would go to a classroom, and you would be in a class of anywhere from 15 to 30 people. Mine was actually kind of smaller. I think we had about 17 people. 
and you do a bunch of exercises. They lead you through meditations. They walk you to your workspace. They, uh, they put stuff in your awareness is one of the biggest things. It's not necessarily that they have to kind of walk you through a path. When someone says something and now it's in your awareness and now you have it, like you don't ever forget it. And then you just build upon that. Like when he explained what an energy vampire was, I had never heard that term in my life. I had no idea what that meant. But I was able to recognize energy vampires immediately after that. Like it was something like he just put it in my awareness, bam. You know, taught, taught you how to bubble up and protect yourself, and it was like, bam, I was doing it. And it's lots of fun exercises. I mean, you do stuff like um, psychometry where everybody brings in an object, and they put them in envelopes, and you pass it around, and you just hold it, and you just close your eyes and see if you can pick up uh, descriptions of the person who the object belonged to. You do stuff where they take pictures, and they put them face down in the middle of a group where no one sees the picture, and you see what you get from the picture. And you'd be surprised how accurate the students are in those classes. You practice doing readings with people. You go through all kinds of stuff. You actually get your third eye activated and by a Reiki master. And um, Teresa Hager did mine. And I know as soon as she activated my third eye, it was on. I mean, my, my channel was spinning and they were doing Reiki, trying to do Reiki healing on me, and they were like, we don't want to go above your head. I said, don't worry, you don't have to, because it is, and it was wild. Yeah, it was, it was a very interesting experience. But you, you realize you're in a classroom with a bunch of people that are a lot like you, and it really helps you kind of open up comfortable, you know. And it's, I suggest it for a lot of people. If anyone who feels like they have psychic ability, without a doubt, develop your abilities. That way, if you want to, pursue using them professionally or just for family members or, you know, just to talk to your guides. It's always good to develop those abilities. It, it helps you in so many aspects of your life. And it was, it's a lot of fun. I mean, the last class, the fifth class, that last Sunday, they do a mini psychic fair. And they, you read people for little eight to ten minute readings and you really kind of see what you can do, but it's you have no pressure on you except for the pressure you put on yourself because no one's charging. So if you're right. getting a free read, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be too – I'm not going to stress myself out for a free eight-minute right. reading, you know, especially if I'm a student practicing. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be just a see what I get and kind of – and you'd be surprised how accurate people are. Some of those readings are the best readings I've heard out of people in class. So – it's very, it's very fun. It's very exciting because you're getting a new tool. You're getting something new to use, and you, you feel like you're finally getting on your path. But psychic development is just the beginning. It takes a lot to, to really clear your channel up and to really work on honing in your skills to pick up, um, you know, to pick up the information and, and to try to be as accurate as possible. And it's not just about being accurate. It's about giving people what they need. You know, like you, you got to give them the information that the guides want them to have. You can't go too far. You can't, you know, you really have to hone in on, on what they want to, how they want to help them. So it's it's a lot of fun, and I enjoy it. And um, by the end of that five months, I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. I do have a caller who has a question, and I'm going to bring on the line. Caller with the phone number ending four two five two. You're on the air. How are you this evening? 
Hi, good. Thank you. And yourself? Thank you. Thank you so much for calling. You have a question for Bo? Um, I do. I have um, one of each, um, one about his journey and one um, about a uh, mini-reading question. Is okay. that okay? Well, we'll take the journey now, but we'll do the mini-reading. I'll bring you back on the last half hour of the show for the mini-reading. But what's your regular question? Uh, okay. um, I was wondering about, um, I'm not sure if it's called lucid dreaming, but just like when, you know, you're about to go to sleep and it doesn't feel like your thought. It almost feels like you're watching a movie. I was wondering if you've had those kind of experiences. Like you're not oh. fully asleep yet, but and but it doesn't feel like, you know, when you're thinking of something, you're like planning something or thinking, but you just kind of get a picture flash into your mind. So I was wondering more about that phenomenon, I guess you'd call it, well, you've experienced that. Not lucid dreaming, that would be your third eye opening up and showing you something. Um, typically, right when you go to sleep, you can get images in your third eye that'll be like a flash or a picture. Um, for me, I used to see I used to see the outlines of people. It was completely black, and I would see like a yellow outline of the people, but I could never tell who it was until I had my third eye fully activated. Now, lucid dreaming, um, I have done that as well. Lucid dreaming is, I read my dream book one night, and I just read the whole thing front to cover, and or front to back, and I was able to lucid dream, which means I was conscious of my dreams. So I would be in my dreams, and I would be looking for clues for symbolism. Like it would start snowing, and I would go, note to self, uh, look up what snowing means when I wake up. You know, like I, would, I was trying to remember them as much as possible. So a lucid dream is you're actually in a dream and you know your dream. You know you're in a dream state and you, you're trying to pick up some symbols or you do stuff like in some of my dreams, I've tried to make myself fly because I thought it was the coolest oh, wow. thing. I was like, I'm going to fly. Okay. I don't blame you. <laughs> Flying is really good in dreams too. It means you're moving to a higher consciousness. It means that you're, um, you're moving up spiritually, up the ladder. Um, but for you, I think when you see a picture or when you see an image, that is your third eye. And yeah. I thought I had third eye giving you a flash and giving you something. Because you usually people get a lot of stuff right as they close their eyes within the first 15 to 20 minutes. I mean, I used to get pictures of friends, um, friends who passed away. I'd get like a picture of one of them. And I'd be like, oh, I guess he's here right now. You know, or I guess she's here right now. Um, but for me, the lucid dreaming is when you when you know you're dreaming. You know you're in some kind of dream, and you're just you're conscious at that point that I'm actually dreaming. Uh, so I feel like I that would be that would be that you're clairvoyant and you're getting flashes of your third eye opening, and they're giving you giving you a few. Wow, that's and, exciting. Well, <laughs> well, Bo, I was going to say that. Have you heard it referenced as the twilight time? either right before sleeping or just before waking. I've, I've heard that term, the twilight, you know, I guess the twilight zone took it and ran it in a different direction, but it's it's when that relaxed stage happens, either right before you're waking up or right before you're going to sleep, and it's almost like you relax your normal structure so much 
that it's able to get through before you finally say, oh, my God, did I just, I just saw something flash before my eyes. But we're so relaxed and just about to sleep that, you know, without practice it might be hard to remember what you actually saw. You, you know, you may be aware that you just saw something, but it happens so quick. You're like, I, I, I think so-and-so, I just saw them. But if you yeah. set an intention to say, I'm going to remember these things, that that really just intention setting can boost your recall of those moments so that you can then get more use out of them. Absolutely, and you can dream. Uh, you can journal your dreams as well. That helped me a ton when it comes to remembering dreams. But you're exactly right about that twilight period. Your first 30 minutes where you're where you're going to sleep, where you're not fully asleep, you're slightly in a dream state, but yet you're not fully awake. You can see things. I know that there's times when I wake up, and within that first couple minutes of waking up, I'm not fully awake, but I can actually still see stuff in my room, I can see spirits. And that is definitely the most, um, I would say you're, you're most sensitive to those, to those visions. When, and then plus you'll get stuff in your dreams as well. When, for me, everything started with seeing stuff and talking to people in my dreams. Like I realized I had a psychic awakening um, right after that first reading that next year, about 25 years old, where I was actually able to hear and talk to people in my dreams. But I, you know, I always had trouble remembering. So, you know, I always had to write them down. But without a doubt, uh, definitely journal your dreams if you want to get to lucid dreaming because you can actually be conscious during a dream and understand exactly what's going on. And, you know, dreams are over-exaggerations of human emotion. So, you know, usually they're very dramatic at some point. And in your life, it's, it's usually not quite that dramatic. Did that answer your mm-hmm. question? Yes, yes. I, I just because um, I was uh, listening earlier, and you mentioned past lives. In in that moment, um, the um, the twilight, or in you know when the third eye is opening, is it possible that it's also um, a, it could be a flash of a past life as well? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I have so I have seen four different past lives in in a dream state, having a past life regression in a dream. And the reason that it's so much fun to do that in a dream is because it's effortless. And when it plays like a movie, that could definitely be a past life. You could go where you're in the body, like a video game, where you're in the body looking around, and then you could pull back like a video game where you have a 360 helicopter view. Um, If you have any kind of experiences like that, I would say there's a strong chance that that's a past life. And um, you, it's easier for you to see them in dreams because, like I said, you don't really have to try. You Sometimes you wake up, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a good dream. Um, it could be a bad dream. It could be a past life that needs to be healed. But, yeah, without a doubt, uh, I would say most people probably dream past lives. I know that, you know, a psychic, develop, or psychic ability runs on both sides of my family. My father used to have past life regressions in dreams. Um, quite often when he would take naps, and so did my mom. So it's it's definitely um, a good sign that you have a lot of uh, ability and uh, mm-hmm. should look to develop that. 
Thank you. Thank you both so very much. Thank you. Well, thank you for calling. I'm going to put you back on hold, and then we'll get back to you. You'll be the first caller on the question portion of the show if you are able to hang on. Thank you so much. Thank you as well. Sure. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, Bo, that's one of the things that I want to get into next here. Um, this is the Psychic Inside Show, and I'm your host, The Librarian. I'm on this evening with Bo Lawton, and every week we are hearing stories about uh, the lives, everyday lives that are turned upside down and set on a different path once the person realizes that there is a psychic gift within them that is ready to emerge. So, Bo, you have been, of course, I have a hundred questions for every one question you answer. So, <laughs> let us crack open that bucket because, okay, a lot of people in their theology do not believe in anything after you pass away at this particular lifetime. And so, when you talk about, well, I was here and reincarnated, that can be somewhat of a stretch for minds to grasp, but how does one, what was your first past life reading like, if you are willing to share your story, sometimes they're very personal, Um, but what is it like to hear the past life from another person's reading? It, so for me, my first past life regression was that first trip to Cassidy, Florida. And I sat down with a woman named Don, um, who was very good at past life regression. And when we sat down, I, she had the feeling that I wanted to, like I knew that I'd lived past lives, and I wanted to see as many as I could. So in an hour and a half, I saw four different past lives. Now, usually the first time you do it, it's not as easy. You know, um, it feels like it takes a lot of work. And then to be honest with you, sometimes you feel like you're making it up. Because you like how did how did I know that? And before you fully understand, you know, before you fully understand your subconscious mind, you may feel like, well, I kind of feel like I'm making it up. But to be, for you to believe that you've never lived here before, is kind of to me a far out thought. If I was to say, well, I don't like heights. I'm scared of heights, and I personally am scared of heights. And I was to say, well, I'm just scared of heights, and that's just the way it is. Uh, There's no explanation there. There's no, well, why are you scared of heights? What happened Mm -hmm. to you in the past? Why are you good at psychic ability and doing psychic work? You must have done that in the past. Why are you drawn to certain parts of history and you can't put the book down? You know, like why are you areas of the world feel like home to you and you've never been there before, but you really, really want to go there? It's there's too much there's too much coincidence and I don't even fully believe in the word coincidence in general. So <laughs> this looks like you would have to be someone who is struggling to do everything. Literally struggling to breathe. You know, like think about that. Like it your first life. I mean you 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 have likes and dislikes that are natural. Certain things you do not like and certain things you really like, you have people that you meet. People that you really <laughs> click with. Like, you're immediately friends with that person and people that you meet and you automatically do not like them. It could even be family members that you've never gotten along with. And people, you have to understand that that's karma. That's past life karma. 
So there's too much involved in in what goes into planning these lives and living them for someone to think that it's just, just one and done. One and done and uh, there's nothing else left. Like, no, there is – you could never learn in one life everything you need to learn on this plane. It would be impossible. I mean, this is the most difficult experiment and incarnation in the entire cosmos because we are physically the most And with the emotional bodies and with the emotions we carry that are very heavy, this is a very difficult um, expression to live in. And you couldn't learn everything you need to learn in one. So did it's you, kind of hard for me to hear that people say that. Did you say the most dense? It kind of cut out for me. I couldn't hear what word you were using to describe it. Physically dense and emotionally dense um, expression that there is. You you carry this huge emotional energy field around you. Like think about it like people who suffer from from depression. They're carrying a huge negative energy sadness over their back that you can't see but you can just tell that they're they're carrying this. Same with anxiety, same with fears and phobias. It's just it's just not easy. And it's it is it's the most difficult and we're some of the bravest bravest souls out there for you know for braving this this expression. So to believe that you've never lived here before, you couldn't explain any of your likes and dislikes. You couldn't explain any of your phobias. You couldn't explain any of the ways that you feel about certain things and about certain people. It's it's just too much there to say that we haven't, you know, we haven't lived here before. Uh, it's extremely I, rare to find someone who is who is he's only lived one past life or only lived one life. Most people have lived close to a hundred, if not over a hundred. So it takes a lot to learn in this because you have to to finish this expression and to fully finish this circle of um, evolving and climbing that spiritual ladder, you have to be the good guy. You have to be the bad guy. You've got to be the person watching while something. You know, you've got to be, you've got to be all aspects of a situation multiple mm-hmm. times to learn what you need to learn. And we learn through experiencing human emotion. So you learn mm-hmm. through sadness, you happiness. You just, it's the experience through those emotions that makes this such a difficult time and a difficult um a difficult experiment is what I would call it, because you're a soul in a human body. Your soul will never pass, mm-hmm. you might, but your soul is still alive and well. I have heard this referred to by the term earth school, and that always kind of resonated with me, because the the theory is that this is learning and that it is, again, it is surprised kind of experience to be able to come into a human body, but it is known to be extremely difficult because of the 3D rules of physics on this planet. And because you are willing to basically have your heart completely torn open for the opportunity to experience love, what it is like to be in loving connection with others, that that's something that other species or experiences don't necessarily get to do in the same way. And so that's why people or beings want to come here. 
because the lesson is so valuable. It's almost like trial by fire. If you could incarnate over and over again to the point where you have had the greatest of loves and the greatest of losses and learned how to dwell more in the loving side of the equation after having experienced all of these lives, then that is the ultimate goal is to reach that incarnation level of like the Buddha or ascended masters who are pretty much oblivious to the differences and see all as one and see everything as well. That's the, the most highly evolved ones. I think that's when you get to graduate from <laughs> school. Absolutely. That, that's enlightenment. That is, that is fully understanding things um, and seeing through a lot of different things. Uh, most people can only see what's in front of them and because of how difficult this experiment is. But to be a true master like that, you understand much more than and much more than a normal person because a normal person can only see that I have to go to work, you know, 50 hours a week and, you know, life just sucks because I have to work so hard. You know, others who see what's good in life and cherish what's good in life and can always pick a positive out of a bad situation, those are the folks that seem to kind of um, grasp what we're doing here and why we're here. You experience through through loss and through love and through having your heart broken and through being in love. So for, say, a couple to lose a child, now their couple, I've read a couples before that have lost children, and I've channeled their children for them. And lots of times, one of the fam- one of the parents will be very bitter. They'll feel like something has been taken from them, and something that that has you know is taken from them. It's not right, and they just refuse to get past it. Well, that was in the contract. That was in the soul contract. There's you were supposed to learn through that emotion, and that that's what we signed up for. Everyone must understand that. You don't just get thrown into a life with a soul contract. You have to agree to it and sign it. And subconsciously, you have to see the whole life played out on a movie screen in front of you so that you understand what you're getting into. It always looks easier on the other side, though. I can tell you that. always looks easier. So until you what get is a soul contract, the- then? So uh, your soul contract is basically what you signed up for in this life. So when you incarnate as a baby, before you incarnate, you pick your main team of guides. You'll have a life guide. You'll have a love guide, a health guide, a protector guide. Most people have a financial guide. And then you'll have some other beings that will join the team um, that you've had past lives with that want to help you. And and then they all agree with you. And your soul on the other side agrees with them that, you know, this is what we want to do. These are the challenges and these are the goals that I want to reach. You know, I want to, I want to marry so-and-so. I want to have this many kids or I don't want to have kids. Or, you know, everything in your contract is what goes on in your life. Now, your, your, your life guide has your contract in front of them. Now, they understand the parameters of your soul contract. So they know how they can help you and how much they cannot help you. So they control your guides when it comes to helping you and not helping you and letting you figure something out on your own. But we all sign up for these contracts. And a soul contract is a very strong agreement. If you go against your soul contract, 
it's going to feel like you've been put into a dryer and you're tumbling over and over and over again, getting beat up. You, I mean, it's what you agreed to do. Now, soul contracts can be changed to a certain extent. They can be changed, um, and I actually help people with this as well. Um, your soul contract can be changed as long as it doesn't affect other people that you have agreements with. Say, say you're born in this life with a negative attachment, and you want to get rid of it. You're tired of dealing with it. You're tired of it messing your life up. You can sign an amendment to your contract to get rid of that being, as long as it doesn't influence other people. You know, um, for me, like an addiction or like maybe alcoholism or, or what? What is that? Those those are part of it too. I help folks with that as well when it comes to healing, um, like depression, um, alcoholism, addiction to drugs. Um, addiction to anything is is a challenge in your soul contract, and you don't have to face that challenge by yourself. You can you can come to a psychic who knows how to deal with soul contracts, and you can get help. You can get help removing the addiction. I usually use past life regression to help um, clear up because usually that's a pattern left from past lives, uh, and that's why it makes it so strong. Um, but the signing the amendment to the soul contract, you can change your soul contract. Now, you can't make necessarily major changes, uh, but you can make smaller changes to remove stuff that's affecting your life and it's messing your life up. Um, and that's and I work with people with that as well. But, but everything that happened to you in this life, you have signed up for. So you have, without a doubt, agreed. Now, here's the complicated part. It's complicated for us as humans to understand what free will is. Now, you have free will in your contract, but your free will only goes so far. They are not going to allow you to go out of the parameters of your soul contract. So say you're supposed to meet so-and-so and you're supposed to marry them. Well, you always have backup plans in case that person does not want to marry you or you don't want to marry that person or something happens. They've always got backup plans, but usually – your guides and their guides have already worked out a collaboration where you will marry that person. So your soul contract has strong language in it, but it does have free will. So you can choose certain things, but your guides will will help persuade you in a, in a positive way to follow your soul contract. So, okay, my ex-husband and I, because it was a strong relationship, meaning – parental, close uh, friend, spouse, those are the relationships with, like, our soul group where we continually incarnate together kind of as a cluster and we agree to help fulfill these contracts with each other. So in one lifetime, I might have been his uh, sister or cousin or best friend, or he might have been my wife and I was his husband, or any kind of combination thereof, but his soul essence is not tied to those identities that happen in order to fulfill the contract. Would that be a correct kind of understanding of those challenging relationships? Absolutely. Um Soul groups run in groups, but the groups also, I guess they intersect at times as well. 
Um, and yes, you could have been somebody's husband and they could have been your wife. Um, you could have been the mother, they could have been the, the son. Um, you could have been male or female many, many different times. But yes, you do usually incarnate with very similar beings because on one level, either they helped you in past lives and you, they're a very strong and positive relationship. And on another level, they could be someone you have conflict with through a bunch of past lives and you have some bad karma with that you chose to incarnate in this life to kind of work on that karma and to kind of forgive them. Uh, me and my father in this life, who's now on the other side, he, me and him had some karma. So when I grew up, we kind of we butted heads for most of my life. And um, I, toward the end of his life, I really tried to, you know, have a relationship with him. You know, like I went out to lunch with him a lot. I spent a lot of time with him. And it, we had a lot of past life karma. We had a past life where we were in uh, medieval England, and he was my father, and I was his son, and we were knights and lords. And we just had a lot of fighting and a lot of um, negative karma from a past life. And that kind of bled into this life. But I agreed to be his son again, and he agreed to be my father because we wanted to work on it. Now, a lot of people have trouble working on it and don't want to work on it. You know, they just they say, well, I just don't like him, and they treated me really bad in this life. Well, if they treated you bad in this life, there's definitely a reason. Now, I'm not saying that you deserve to be treated bad, but there's another pattern somewhere else where you you chose to come into this life to kind of break that pattern and kind of break that uh, break that energy up, so that the next time you incarnate together, you don't have that animosity for each other. That it's karma, it's friction, is what it feels like to me. It feels like there's there's friction between you, and it's not good, you know. And lots of times, but lots of times you incarnate with people like that because you want to work on it. So you could have good incarnations, bad incarnations. Um, you could have a bunch of both with the same person. You know, like it's, but you definitely incarnate with very familiar beings. Very rarely <laughs> are you going to meet someone that you did not meet in a past life. Very rarely. Right. And unfortunately, the person who probably works your nerve the most, that you have the most contentious relationship with, you could be guaranteed that that was somebody that you were supposed to work through something with, you know. You're like, I don't know why they are able to push my buttons like they do, but she just has always been able to, you know, well, there's a reason. She knows where that button is from the last go-round. They said you all live together. I do have a caller with a question. Caller with the phone number ending 1753. I've got you live on the air. How are you? Hi, yes, how are you? Good, I had a good. question about What's your question. My question is about life purpose. Um and um I guess a bit of a backstory is that I was given a reading a few years ago and two different psychics um explained my life purpose and were pretty clear about what the plans were supposed to be. And then all of a sudden it changed. Um, and people started telling me different stuff, and I've never got that same message again. So I just wanted to kind of get some clarity on that and see if, if you had any advice. Okay. Um, well, sometimes you'll make a decision in your life, and it will kind of shift your life path. 
Now, not saying that you can't go back and do what they were telling you. That is out of the, the, the realm of possibility. But whenever you find your life purpose, for me, I see the numbers 1111. Um, I see it on I see it on the clock. I see it I see it all the time. Every time I look at the clock. And for me, the 1111 always means to me that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's kind of a clue that I get from the other side. Now, if these two ladies told you the same things and now psychics are telling you something different, something may have shifted in your path. Um what uh do you mind sharing what they, the first two ladies said? Um, sure. So it was really, I was on the path to go to physical therapy school, um, and I sat down with one psychic, and she told me that um, I was going to create this new therapy. It was going to be like a physical therapy in combination with all these other different kind of therapies, which, you know, I obviously didn't know anything about that yet. Um, and I, I got a reading from a different psychic at another establishment who said the exact same thing, got the same vision. Um, so I was very encouraged. But the caveat, both of them said that my husband and I weren't going to stay together. And then uh, a week later, my husband, his energy shifted, and we've been going good ever since. But now um, my purpose or my career, rather, has changed drastically. <laughs> So okay. and, um, it's been kind of confusing and frustrating, honestly. Okay, what's your first name? Sarah. Sarah? All right, hold on just one second. Okay. So so what I'm getting from one of your guides is you you definitely can still do this physical therapy. Um, I'm not sure exactly what um, is holding you back from that, but I do think you staying with your husband definitely put a shift in your plans and kind of, I guess it kind of pushed off you going to this, you know, physical therapy school and doing physical therapy, and that's what it feels like to me. It, feels, it kind of shifted your plan a little bit. You, yeah, have you definitely. the physical therapy recently? Um, I, I haven't. We had a second baby, and um, we just moved to Georgia from Virginia for my husband's career, so his has taken more of a front seat. And I've been looking into occupational therapy school or writing or, you know, just trying to find a career that will help people and serve a higher purpose, but something that will also make money. <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay. Okay. So your guides still like the idea of physical therapy because you have healing hands. You have energy in your palms. Um, I'm not sure if you, you realize how warm they usually are or how um, yeah, how warm your palms are. The uh, Having the babies, um, has has kind of shifted your plan, but I still see physical therapy. I still okay. see um, you doing that, and the reason I do is because the energy in your palms. 
um, you have the ability to do healing work on people as well. Now, I don't know if you've ever looked into Reiki or pranic healing, but you have healing hands. So that's why they're kind of still, they're still keeping that physical therapy in there, but you could do something similar to that. Okay. Um, I, feel like, I feel like the physical therapy that the, these women were telling you about before had to do with energy healing through your hands. And I think that's what they were talking about when they were saying that you were going to do something different, that you were going to do mm-hmm. a different technique and you were going to kind of use energy healing techniques with the massage therapy and that you were going to come up with your own way. But that's, it's a shift in the plans. Your husband's energy shifted in a good way, and it kind of changed your plans. You know, changed your contract. Now, it didn't, it didn't completely disgull your ability to do, you know, a physical therapy or energy healing because I feel like you still have the energy in your hands. But, yeah, it definitely would shift some things. You know, having a little baby to take care of you know, doesn't exactly give you the, all the time in the world, you know. No, not at all. <laughs> you know? um, so what happens uh, in a person's life if, you know, you have this purpose that you're supposed to fulfill, and if it doesn't happen, then how does that work with your soul contract? Like, what happens after that? Well, it, it's got to do with the free will. So the free will had to do with you staying with your husband. Now, him changing was part of that. He could have changed like he did for the good, or he could have stayed the same and you could have moved on. Um, so that's in your contract. So it's not as if you're not fulfilling your contract. You're fulfilling it in a different way. You're fulfilling another – I look at the soul path as a river, and you have a bunch of small streams that you can take. You know, it's like almost like branches in a tree that you can take. And you can still hit your goals. You, it's just going to take a little bit longer, and it's going to be an adjustment for your guides. And it has been an adjustment for your guides because it's been frustrating for you. I mean, I feel like sometimes <laughs> you've kind of beat your head on the wall a little bit. And um, your guides, you know, when you're frustrated, your guides are working, you know, they're working their tails off. <laughs> You got a you got a female guide that comes through. Um, comes through as an older female. Uh, she's she's one of your guides. She's definitely not um, not a family member. Um, she would be someone who's been with you the whole time. Uh, older white female with with longer hair. Uh, and let me see what else she's got to say. If I can give you some stuff to help you. Okay. So she says that you have a big heart and that you want to help people. Um, I do see a possibility of you going into something that looks like nursing or something that looks like the healthcare field. Because um, I see you wearing scrubs, so I feel like you're <laughs> you're doing something in the healthcare field. Um, I also, she's telling me that these these babies got to get a little bit older. She goes, so just be patient. You don't need to rush into nothing. Um, don't feel like you're being left behind because you're not. Um, that little woman was like your whole world. And I feel like you spend the time with the with the little one because, you know, these little ones aren't going to be little for forever. You know, when that little baby in your arms gets to be about four or five years old, where he, where they can go to, 
um, you know, kindergarten, I feel like you're really going to take off with your career. But I do see the medical field for you. Your heart's too big not to help other people. And you'll get fulfillment from that. But keep in mind, um, you could be a nurse. You could be a doctor. Uh, you have energy in your hands, and you should be healing people through Reiki, I think. So look at some energy healing techniques and uh, take some classes. Develop some of what you Good stuff. Can you, do you know her name, my guide? Let me see. Let me see. If, I'm not really good with names because they kind of want to, whatever you want to call them, uh-huh. you can technically name. But let me see what, what she's got. Okay. I think she wants to be called Sarah. Okay. No worries. I'm seeing her on the board, Sarah. So um, I feel like that she wouldn't mind you calling her Sarah. But this is one of one of your main guides, though. This is the one who's been with you from the very beginning. Um, before you were born, y'all, y'all were working things out. So she knows you through and through. Okay. Thank so, you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your question. Thank you for listening in this evening. Uh, Bo, Thank I have you. two Thank other you. callers. I have two other callers who are uh, waiting to get on the line, and we have about 12 minutes left. So the caller ending in 4252, we spoke with you briefly earlier. Um, we're ready for your question. Thanks for holding. Oh, hi. Thank you. I really enjoyed the show, and thank you for bringing me back on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, Yeah, thank you. My question is, I have a phone call tomorrow um, regarding a grant, and I was wondering how you see it going, if I should speak um, to the person about my project um, that begins with an I, a C, or a W. um, Kind okay. Of energy what, there. Yeah. What is your first name, love? Catherine. Catherine. Okay. Let's see what mm-hmm. they say, Catherine. Thank you. Okay. I'm speaking with um, an older female on your mom's side. And I'm trying to figure out if she is your grandmother or your great-grandmother. Is your grandmother still oh, around? No. She's not? mm I think I'm talking to your grandmother on your mom's side. Oh, wow. Because uh, that's what she's telling me, who she is. Uh, she likes the, the idea of the grant, um, and I think it's the I, the person whose name starts with an I. Oh, and the project. The project starts with an I. Oh, does it? Okay. So I'm getting I. Like I kept getting I. So she was telling me I is like the – you're going to get this grant, I believe, though. Um, I've got a good feeling oh, here from saying. So um, let me get some more from her. Thank you so much. So I feel like this grant is uh, is just the beginning for you. Um, what she's telling me is that it's going to lead into uh, some other stuff that's going to be really, really good. It also feels like you're – it's a good idea what you got and what you're, what you're putting together this project. It's actually a good, 
a good solid idea. And um, like I said, it's going to lead to other avenues. There's going to be other stuff that comes from this that's very positive for you. So it's only beginning telling me. Brilliant. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So it's it's good, like, because I'm one of these people that I always kind of, like, go back and revise, go back and revise. So maybe I'm done revising finally. <laughs> think you're ready. You're ready. You're ready for some funding, and you're ready to move forward. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you. I do appreciate all your insight, both before and now. Thank you. Okay. And let me, let me send this. I'm sorry? I think Hold on just one second and see if there's oh, anything sure. else. Yeah, let oh, me give one you. more thing. Thank you. Okay. So what she's doing is uh, she shows you standing in front of a mirror, and she shows you looking back at yourself. Um, they're going to be working with you soon, your guides. Uh, they're going to be working with you. Uh, two things that I can see right now. One of them is kind of finding your voice. And I feel like it's speaking, speaking your truth more. And it, it definitely has to do with your throat chakra. Uh, the other is getting back in touch with your self-love, loving yourself. And the reason that I, I got the symbol for the self-love is whenever someone shows me someone staring in a mirror, it's them reconnecting with their soul. Uh, so if you catch yourself staring in the mirror, staring in your eyes, uh, tell yourself that you love yourself. Tell yourself I love you because I feel like that is something they're going to work on with you that's going to, it's going to really help you in the future. Uh, you're going to be, that is fantastic. You're going to be going to <laughs> some people. Um, so you're going to have to have some confidence with uh, your speaking in front of people, and that's what they're going to also work with the felt tracker with that as well. So you will be standing up in front of crowds of people speaking, um, almost at mm. like a convention. Um, but it's, yeah, so they're going to work on the throat chakra and also that self-love as well, which will be really good for you. And it's good for all of us. Yes, yes. It's it's just amazing that you say that because I do do those exercises in the morning. That's <laughs> that's total validation for me. <laughs> that's really amazing. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's we love Molly. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your call this evening. Do you have any other? Could it could it be? Um, you said convention, but could it be stage? Could it be a stage? Definitely, I definitely felt like you were on a stage, and that's why I kind of felt like it was a crowd of people, and you're speaking to them. Um, convention to me makes it feel like it's work related, um, and that's kind of mm-hmm. I think where I'm getting from but yeah you're definitely on a stage with a microphone so it's almost like a it's you're finding you're basically finding your conviction you're finding your your voice but it's not just your voice it's your belief in your voice and people with conviction mm-hmm. as you know lots of people with conviction seem to be preachers and leaders because when they say something they believe it and I feel like you once you hit that point you're going to be unstoppable because and in a good way, because you, you know, I feel like right now you believe what you're going to say, but you, you don't quite have the confidence yet. And when you get that conviction, you're going to, you're going to have all the confidence you need. And your project's good. Your project's going to help some people in certain ways. Um, I don't know exactly what ways, but it's definitely a helping thing. So it's very positive. 
Oh, wonderful. Oh, that's, oh, thank you. Wow. Thank you. Well, I thank you for calling tonight. I would love it if you either message me on the Vibrarian Community page. Uh, you know, you don't have to say anything publicly, but privately. Or you can actually then email Bo and follow up to see how, you know, your grant went. Um, Bo, do you want to give a way for our callers to be able to contact you if they want to get a private reading? Um, absolutely. Um, they can send me an email at Bo Lawton, B-E-A-U-L-A-W-T-O-N, at yahoo.com. They can also uh, give me a call at 843-870-6997. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for calling and asking your question this evening, and best wishes to you. Thank you, both both of you as well. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. And we do have another caller. This is the Vibrarian Radio Show on the Vibrarian Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. And you're on. I'm Miss uh, Jay Joel, the Vibrarian, and I'm here having a conversation this evening with the amazing Bo Lawton, who is a psychic here in the Atlanta area. And, Bo, I really appreciate you taking calls this evening and providing the free uh, mini-readings for the show guests this evening. Uh, that is wonderful. And we've had some callers who've been holding on quite some time. Caller ending 5658. I've got you live on the air. Do you have a question for Bo tonight? Yes, I do. And thank you, Bo. And thank you, Joelle. Um, I have a question. I've always been one of those people who can just kind of speak it into existence and I don't know what is going on with me lately. I feel like maybe there's a lesson I'm repeating because it seems like I'm back in the same place I was in a couple of years ago and I just don't know how to get myself out of this. I wouldn't even call it a stink. I don't even know what to call it. It's like I don't know. I feel like I've always had full control of my energy, and right now it's just depleted and funky and cloudy, and I don't know what to do. Okay. What um? What's your first name, love? Angela. Angela. Okay. Um, I think I got one of your relatives from before, but hold on a second. I got a, a lady coming through. Let me see who this is. Um, I think you caught two of mine earlier, honestly. Okay, um, I've got a woman coming through. Um, feels like a great-grandmother, and it feels like great-grandmother on mom's side. Um, did you know your great-grandmother? Briefly, she was alive for days before, but I I talked to her in dreams. I've had she's full here. conversations with her. Yeah, she's definitely here. She tapped me on the shoulders a few minutes ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And she came through. Her name was Sarah. <laughs> She's Her very, name was Sarah. <laughs> she's very anxious and a very, very polite, kind woman, but a very strong woman. We're a little uh, choppy on the sound, though. So. 
are you there? Oh, yeah. I'm here. Hold on just a second. Oh, okay. She's probably blabbering because she's. She's very geeky <laughs> when she gets upset and she's excited. Well, I'm from Charleston now, so I can speak. A, I can understand the Gucci. Okay. So it could definitely be this like. Are you still there, Angela? I'm here. Okay. Uh, it's got to do with relationships um, is what she's telling me. You are repeating a few lessons, and you do feel a little stagnant like you're not moving. Um, but you're going to be pulling out of this soon. Um, this little lady right here doesn't think you're going to be in this very much longer. It, it looks to me like a into an airplane about to pull up. You're, you're on the landing spot and you're about to pull up. Let me see what else you've got. You Okay, so what she said is, is that you have let some negative thoughts kind of come back into your realm. And back when you were doing your master manifesting, where you could think things into existence, it was all positive, and everything was positive. And what you've done is you've let a few things, a few negative things come in, uh, and they're negative like energy patterns. It's not necessarily a negative being or nothing. Uh, but this is, she said, keep it positive. Stay positive with everything because you're, your your energy's too good to stay down for too long. Way too good. Are you in a um, you in a relationship right now? No. No. Okay. <laughs> what she said about that, because I think that's what she wants to talk about. <laughs> I'm dodging like three relationships right now. Yeah, there's a good reason you're dodging. Uh, it's you're, you're not attracting the right person, right? Now. And it's like you can kind of feel it, like you're just not in the position to be with with these these there's three different people, uh, and any of them. Um, there's going to be someone else coming for you, though. Uh, and you need somebody strong. You need a strong, strong energy, very strong masculine energy. Um, because you have, like, fire energy. So you need, you definitely need someone to to, to balance you out. You never, you never run out of suitors, that's for sure. You've got enough people looking <laughs> Looking at you, that's for sure. That's what she said. <laughs> you don't, you don't like, uh, you don't like suitors, that's for sure. But you, the guy that you're gonna be with, I feel like is he ain't here yet. He ain't come oh. yet. So, so keep playing the field because, because he's, it's the relationships that's kind of got you out of whack. You're not, you're attracting guys that you've been with before that you don't really want to be with. Like, you don't like their energy. It doesn't fit you. It's not moving you forward. It's kind of holding you down. And I think that's why you're stagnant. I keep trying to get one of them to just give me a, a push. I feel like I need a push from one of them. And I know better, but it's like I'm just kind of waiting, like, okay. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. These these three are, are so keep it light. Keep it light and, and um don't commit. Let me see what else she's got. So I'm going to just tell you who I see coming. Um, I see a male coming. Um, got a bigger build, stronger looking guy. Um, he's he's strong, and he's but he's he's not overly dominant. He's not overly trying to dominate the conversation. Um, very open minded. Some of these others are not quite open enough. But you got to have somebody strong with you. Some of these guys just ain't cutting it. I mean, they just they just ain't got what it takes. Well, this guy's coming, but you need to keep things positive. I'm trying so hard. You, you're a master manifesto, though. That's why you can speak things into existence. You'll get back to that, though. You'll get back to manifesting stuff. Like, I feel like you're really good at manifesting money in jobs. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I ran a strip club for 18 years, like, and I used to just literally be able to touch people and even touch myself on my lap, and I would, whatever dollar amount I thought it was going to be, if it was $8,000, I'd have it. Within yeah. hours, it would be there. I would make my boss money. My boss has always loved me. And then I moved into my own, and it's just like I kind of lost my confidence. I don't know. It is. You it's you let some doubt creep in there. You let some negative thoughts creep in there. And uh you you get that confidence back soon because you you're a confident person normally. You don't usually lack confidence. At least to the person who sees you and doesn't know you, they're pretty sure that you're really confident. You don't you look like a like someone who knows what they want and goes and gets what they want. You would be a hell of a salesperson. I don't know if they put you in sales before, but good Lord, you'd be yeah. racking it up. Yeah. Okay. Right with You're losing your drive, though. You're losing your edge. And don't worry, coming back, just start start meditating and getting rid of this doubt. Any doubt that you have, you need to put that out because you've, you've got the ability to manifest whatever you want. I feel like a new car, you know, so... You manifest objects too, not just not just money. Oh my God, that is insane! My mom just said that today. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. My mom, my aunt—they all know, and they're everybody's looking at me crazy, and I'm like, I don't know, I just don't know. I just keep throwing up my hands and walking away from stuff, like I don't know. Clean that energy up. You live here in Atlanta? Yeah. Let me know if you want me to, to do some um, healing work on you and clean your energy up, clean your aura up and all your chakras. I know I need it. I know I need it. Yeah, it, you'll probably get a call from me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so your email, though, is... You know, I took his phone number because I'm, I'm horrible with email. Okay, good. Okay. I always interact with people better if they hear me or if they see me, it's over. <laughs> I got them. So. <laughs> I'm telling you, you got some fierce energy. You look like a lady warrior out there, huh? 
I used to be. I you am. can attest. You'll get back to that. You are. You just uh, you just got caught slipping. That's all. You can get back up. <laughs> yeah, I think that was it. I got a bad reading, and it's been downhill from there. That's because you started believing that bad reading. Keep it positive. Keep it positive. You can do what you want in this world. But I always say. Well, I thank, I thank you thank for your you. call this evening. I appreciate you connecting with us and hope that you'll tune in again. Though we do have another caller on the line that I'll be bringing on here. Caller ending in 0073. Now I'm getting a little echo if you can turn down your. Are you there? Okay, we lost that caller there. They dropped so. So thank you so much for continuing to provide these uh, readings. It's so interesting because, you know, you hit pause and you say, just hold on a second. And so when you are, are doing that, that is when you're opening your channel and going up and having the conversation and, and kind of bringing it back down then. Absolutely. Um, what I do is I take a deep breath. Uh, you can probably hear me through the phone. Take a really deep breath into the nose, out through the mouth. Um, I ground myself, and I go up, and I see who's up there. Um, and everything I tell people comes from them. It's I really don't get it myself. They just pass it on through me. So I really feel like the end of the cord here, you know. So like her, I talked to her great-grandmother. She was coming through before we even started this show. When I was talking to my life guy, and I was like, I was like, who's this? And she's like, oh, she, she's just excited. She's just ready to come through. I said, okay, all right, well, hold on a second. But, um, yeah, they come through my workspace. You step through this door and through this veil. They kind of step through, and, you know, and then we go from there. I just talk to them. I ask them, you know, are you a family member? Uh, what side of the family, and who are you to this person? So usually it's, I get pretty accurate with uh, – with the age range and the, the side of the family, you know. I'm not saying I'm perfect each time, but, yeah, I'm usually pretty accurate. I know, and I sat across from you at the psychic fair. It's interesting because, like you said, you close your eyes and you breathe in, and then you blow out that kind of life force energy. So the first time you experience it's kind of like, is he blowing on me? I think he's blowing on me. You know, it's kind of a weird sensation, but it's not unpleasant, and of course, thankfully, your breath didn't smell like uh, onions or anything like that, you know, it's, it's a very clear kind of feeling to feel it kind of brush past your face, there's definitely an energy, but it, it's it's uh, very unique to you, I can't say as I've had any other readers who access their guidance in that same way, <laughs> For me, the, the deeper the breath, the, uh, the clearer the message. So that's why I take that deep breath. Mm-hmm. And Without do that every time, repeatedly through the reading. So for the caller who just was speaking about a bad reading and also the lady who called earlier that had received conflicting readings, I would like to talk about that for a second. You know, as a person who is a consumer who goes to readings as well as has some ability, you know, myself, I'm probably a little more versed in understanding 
you take some, you leave some when you get a reading. But as a reader, have you had experiences where somebody is like, that is not correct at all? And, and how should a person manage receiving information that doesn't resonate with them? Now, I haven't had very many readings uh, where someone said, this doesn't make any sense. Um, I have had ones where people go, well, that doesn't sound like me. And I'm like, okay, hold on a minute. Let me go up and make sure this is correct. Um, if you ever get a reading with somebody and it does not resonate with you and you think they're way off, then don't believe what they tell you because every reader is not going to be right. I mean, I can do this a hundred times, and I'm not going to be right every time I go up. Now, if I am right, then, you know, if I'm hitting on certain things and it feels like the information is right, then, then take it and use it. But don't let somebody give you – I'll give you an example. Um, I had a reading from a woman in Casadega uh, probably about six years ago, five or six years ago, and she told me that, you know, I had been told that I have healing hands and I have energy in my palms. And I asked her about it, and she told me no. She said, well, you won't be healing with your hands. You'll be healing with your smile. And this really bothered me because I had been told for so long that, you know, by multiple psychics that I had energy in my hands. Well, I believe what this woman said. And it wasn't until I started developing psychic ability and, you know, and got done developing psychic ability that Carl Woodall told me, you have energy in your palms. So I believe what this woman said for five years, four or five years. And it really bothered me that I let that, you know, influence me. So if you get a reading from somebody and they tell you something that's so far out, doesn't sound like you, doesn't sound like it makes any sense to you. You know, if it doesn't make any sense, don't use it. No one says that you have, that this person's going to be right 100% of the time. Now, some of the reading, I had a reading one time where I wasn't hitting on things. And for me, it wasn't necessarily that I was I was missing, it was the person was testing me. Now, if you're going to get a reading from a psychic, the worst thing that you can do is test the psychic. Now, if you want to sit there and not say anything and just sit there and say yes or no and not, you know, not tell them anything about the reading, that's fine. But don't tell somebody, well, can you tell me something that they would have told me? And that's what I caught myself in, um, a woman testing me and I, I'm not going to be tested. You know, if I, I get what I get and I tell you, if it doesn't make any sense, that's, you know, disregard it. I'll give you your money back if you, if you think I gave you a bad reading in the first 10 minutes. But don't test them. Don't sit there and say, well, can you tell me their name? Can you make sure this is who this is? You know, it's up to them to believe what you tell them. But on the other end, if you're receiving the reading and they give you like bad information you feel like. If you feel like it makes no sense, um, they've led you down the wrong road, don't believe it. There's plenty of other psychics out there for you to get another reading with. You know, like now if you're getting the same thing in multiple readings, then I think you should probably believe that because usually multiple psychics are not going to be wrong. But yeah, you you can go to a fair right now and pick somebody out and they could just have a bad reading. They could just be picking up information that's not yours and, you know, it could not make sense. And just, you know, just disregard the information if it doesn't make sense. It's up to you um, 
It's up to you as the person getting the reading. It's up to you what you do with that information. You know, like it's that reader can tell you anything, anything, you know, they want to. If you don't believe it or if you believe it and it's wrong, it's up to you to put that into action. So if it if it doesn't resonate, use it. And that's the way I feel. And until you act on it, it's just information, whether it's positive or negative. You know, that's I, I tell people all the time. It's like getting advice from your friends, you know, your homies, your peeps. You know, you're all sitting around over dinner, and you throw out a problem out there, and then everybody gives you their perspective and their best advice. You don't immediately go out and then just do without filtering for your own, uh, you know, to co-sign on it. You don't just go blindly doing what other people direct you to anyway. So it's like the same principle applies to a psychic reading. Whether it's good or bad information that you receive, positive or negative, you're probably not going to just run out and go sell everything and join an ashram just because you had a psychic reading that told you that that was a possibility for you. I, I just would never advise people to be that rash on anything, whether you're in 3D or 5D, you know. And I also think that one thing that I found it helpful, I have recorded my readings for the last several years. And I know I have some recordings with you in my readings, which is fascinating because your accuracy is even more evident now post the events that happened that you told me about ahead of time. Your accuracy is, like, stunning. But part of it is during the reading, you kind of have this adrenaline state of disconnect that you may not be able to hear all of the guidance that is being delivered to you. And so I always record it. And then what I also do is my friend group, we listen to each other's readings as backup kind of to say, wow, he was really on point on some things that we may not be ready to admit ourselves, that those that are closest can say, well, girl, you know, he really was telling the truth. You are kind of such as you know, to give you that kind of uh, be truthful, Absolutely. tell the truth. <laughs> I mean, I believe the term you know. that can be used as you could have psychic amnesia. Someone uh, in my class, um, we were getting up in front of them and doing galleries where people, my psychic development class, where someone gets in the, gets up, stands up in front of the room, and you know they go in the channel and they bring somebody through. Well, one of my classmates brought my grandfather through. Now, this is one of the closest people, you know, he passed when I was little, but he's been, he's come through in every reading I've ever had, and he's always the first one. And she brings him through, and I get psychic amnesia. I start asking her, you know, well, do you got anything else that can describe him? You know, can you describe him? And she's describing him to a T. And I'm over here like, I don't know who that is. So it's always good to record it and go back and listen to it or write the stuff down. Because lots of times stuff will start feeding, you know, afterwards. But you can get that psychic amnesia. Anybody can get that. And you can sit there and tell that person no, no, no. You know, and then as a psychic, you'd be frustrated because you're trying to see how accurate you are. Because for me, I've gone up, come back, and been wrong, went back up and figured it out and came back and told them. You know, so I'm not, like, saying I'm right every time, but that's why I keep going up. I always, I always go back up to double check and try to make sense of things because 
I don't ever want to give someone really inaccurate information because people take a lot of what I say to be truth, and I want it to be as accurate as possible. So for me, as long as I keep my channel clear and I just roll with it, I, I, I feel like I'm pretty accurate most of the time. And can you speak a little bit about, like, the ethics of being a reader? You know, like, um, I know you, you said that you don't want to give a person, you want to make sure that you're tapping into their guides and giving them what they need to know from their guides. What are some of the other kind of parameters around interacting with people in the spiritual realm? Well, when it comes to ethics, um, some of the biggest cases of ethics for me is um, I will not read you if you have been drinking. If I know that you have been drinking, I will not read you because my guides will put a stop sign and they'll tell me no. Um, another thing is if you come up and you ask me about someone else, now I will go up and if this person directly ref affects you, I will look at that situation. But if you're coming in and you want to know about somebody, you want to know about somebody else because you're being nosy, I can't give you that information. No, I can't go too deep into other people's business. I can explain a few things that they'll let me, but I can't ethically go into another person's private life, you know, for somebody. Um, also, if I'm out in public and I just get something, it's hard. It's a hard thing as a psychic because sometimes I'll be out like at a restaurant eating or, you know, or out having a drink with a friend, and I'll get something about somebody sitting right next to me. I'll get somebody come through. They'll have a message. And I can't always give that person that message because what if that person doesn't believe in psychics? What if that this is going to make this person feel uncomfortable? So for me, I'd have to I have to it's a fine line. Um, if you don't know the person, you, I usually don't give the message because for me it's, it's it's not ethical if I don't know them. Now if I know them, I can kind of beat around the bush a little bit and say, well. You know, I'm a psychic. You know, um, what do you think about, you know, getting messages from somebody? But if, if it, I don't know that person, I am not supposed to pass that message to them. Uh, very rarely will I pass it unless I'm sitting there having a conversation with them, and I feel like it's something they really need to know. Uh, because I got in trouble with that. Uh, you know, in my earlier, you know, earlier days of doing these readings, I could go out to a bar and have a drink, and I would be wide open. You know, I would know stuff about everybody around me. And for me, I, I passed on a couple of messages and kind of freaked some people out. So, you know, it's a very fine line ethically of what you can get information-wise and what you can get about other people. Now, if you're getting someone information that helps them, if you're describing someone they just met and, you're, and they're telling them, you know, either they're good and these are the good qualities or they're bad and here are the bad qualities, that's not bad. But if you're talking about like an ex- and you want to know what they're doing and who they're seeing, you know, that's it's not your business. Right. And if you have relative on the other side, and especially people don't understand this too, uh, a lot of people seem confused about it. If you have a relative who committed suicide and you want to ask them why, that's not an easy question to answer. And ethically, that is not a question I should answer because that is their personal stuff. You know what I mean? Like you, mm -hmm. some people think, will owe them an explanation for something, and they don't. They don't owe you an explanation mm -hmm. because your family member does not mean they were supposed to tell you exactly why they did something or what they were feeling when they did it. 
It's not always mm-hmm. like that. Those are some of the more difficult ethics stuff when it comes to communicating with someone who's passed who committed suicide or, you know, someone who had a bad death like that. Now, it's interesting because you always see on TV shows like Long Island Media, Teresa Caputo, she's well known for being out in public places. Of course, we know it's reality TV, so there's a level of scripting, but she chews her nails because she's getting a message from spirit, and next thing you know, she taps on the person and starts to read them, you know, in the public setting. And it has been quite emotional for some of the people. I'm assuming there's some kind of permission that happens afterwards, but it's almost like being um, uh, ambushed with something that you might not be prepared for the realization that there is such thing as the afterlife. You know, if you're sitting in Macy's, you might not have wanted to know that your great-grandmother was still with you as one of your guys. You just might not be prepared for that discussion in third-floor ladies' lingerie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's exactly. gotten quite interesting. And with her, I feel like, um, you know, being at its TV, I feel like most of those people know that they're going to encounter her. I don't feel like, you know, like I'm not 100% sure about her show about how um, how unscripted that is because if you walk up to somebody and you say your great-grandmother or your grandmother's coming through, someone they're close with, and they just start boo-hoo and crying, maybe that – I don't think that that's necessarily what they should be doing. I mean, it's you, – you could embarrass somebody publicly. By doing that, you know what I mean? Like, you could really put someone in an embarrassing situation. So you have to be very careful with some of that stuff. But I feel like a lot of times your guides will give you that message for a reason. So, you know, you you kind of have to feel it out. You know, you sometimes you can pass the message. Sometimes it just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. So, it's got to um, be interesting to have the possibility for um, a psychic moment to happen at any particular given time, since you're always in connection with your guides and your spirit team, it pretty much is a constant state of awareness for you. So do you have protective measures that help keep out the kind of static, or how do you manage that? Now, for me, um, I feel like my guides help me with that quite a bit. Um, if I'm reading somebody in front of me, um, I get their name, and when I, in my mind, as I go up, I write it down on a piece of paper. So anyone coming through will have something to do with them. Now, sometimes uh, the person coming through isn't wasn't their favorite person. You know, there's some karma there that has to be to be worked on. But I I don't get too many signals from me. Usually, it's it's all about the person that's in front of me or the person that's supposed to get that information, and uh, rarely do I get somebody who doesn't make any sense. Um, I just, if they don't make any sense, I just push them to the side and tell the next person to come through. I mean, there's times where I'm, I mean, I'm in full control of the who, you know, who I pass the message down to and what the message is. And what I mean by that is if you have someone coming through, like say you had a father figure coming through, who your father that you didn't like, and that you never got along with and you had a really bad relationship with, and they start passing messages through and it makes you feel uncomfortable, I will move them to the side. I will move them to the side and I will bring another person through. Or I'll bring a spirit guide through. Um, if, mm-hmm. if you're... If you're 
say you're a female and you're gay and you have a great or you have a grandparent that comes through and says you need to date men, I will say, well, okay, Grandpa, uh, slide on over to the side. Uh, now I'm going to point you to the spirit guy. You know, like, and, it's, and that happens quite often because even spirits on the other side can have their own opinion. You know, they don't lose their personality once they move to the other side. They keep that. All they lose is the body. They keep their, their quirky personality. So there's times where I have to tell them, uh, I don't think so. You need to move to the side. Or if I'm having trouble connecting with them, I will slide them over, and, I won't, and, and I'll bring another person through who can communicate better. But uh, I don't get too much static. I don't get too much stuff that's way off. You know, usually it's, it's all about that person who's in front of me. Well, Bo, we are in the last minute or so of the show, and I just want to thank you this evening for coming on. I would love for you to come back again because I would love to know more about the whole hierarchy of the guys and the angels and all of that, and that seems like a conversation for another time. Now, I would like to share with our listeners that we are planning on having this spring a gallery reading featuring Bo and his brother, Nick Lawton. Uh, we're still working out the details on that, but it it will be in the Atlanta area here probably in late May, early part of June, depending on Bo's availability. Um, if you would like to reach out to Bo for a private reading, his email is bolawton at yahoo.com. And what is your phone number again, Bo? It is 843-870-870. Thank you. And this has been the Psychic Inside Show. And my name is Joelle. I'm the Vibrarian. I hope that you will look us up on Facebook. And we will have this episode available for rebroadcast on our YouTube channel in the next week or so. So thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you. Also, we have the Elevation Station events that happen once a month, and Bo has been one of the readers at our uh, Sunday pop-up event. So if you would like to see him uh, for a reading, you can also meet us there third Sundays of the month. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, Bo. Thank you for sharing a little slice of your psychic life. Thank you, Joelle, and thank you, everyone, who called in who listened at home. It's been a pleasure. All right, folks. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Namaste. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.